The material contained in the following program is designed for informational purposes only. It is not intended to replace existing training policies or guidelines of individual law enforcement agencies. This is Stuff You Never Ever Learned at the Academy from In the Line of Duty. Hello, I'm Ron Barber. I'm calling this Stuff You Never Ever Learned at the Academy because that's what this podcast is all about. It's pretty obvious by now that the name George Floyd will soon brand itself permanently in law enforcement history, just as much as Michael Brown, Rodney King, Miranda, Graham, Connor, and, quite possibly, more than all of them combined. Whatever happens to, you know and I know that the seemingly surreal actions of ex-Minneapolis officer Derek Chauvin will, by themselves, become the stuff that is required academy training, likely now and forever. Probably an academy class unto itself. I did a very informal survey of several veteran officers, decorated cops, longtime trainers, and most current line-of-duty technical advisors. Among them, cumulatively, they have nearly 150 years of total service to law enforcement. Not one said he had ever seen anything like Derek Chauvin's knee to George Floyd's neck. Not one. Only retired, much-decorated Las Vegas Police Lieutenant Randy Sutton said that in the heat of a ground fight, he had put his knee to a subject's neck in the struggle, but only for moments. Listen, when, when you're actually in physical combat with somebody, this isn't the Marcus of, uh, of Queensberry rules. <clears throat> and this is something that I think that the American public um, just doesn't quite grasp. And, and you know, this isn't about, uh, you know, I'm going to duke it out with you. Uh, no, you, you, need to, you need to employ overwhelming force uh, to take a subject into custody. Every single time a police officer uses force, it can wind up to be deadly force. Think, I, I can't tell you the number of times when you know, you're in a tussle with somebody and, and you go to the ground and the and suspect's head hits the pavement or the officer's head hits the pavement. You're in a fight with somebody, you're, in, you're ground fighting or you're, you're in a physical altercation. Well, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And that's why people who resist arrest physically, they are, they are taking a, 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 an awful risk and so are the officers, because more cops have been seriously injured in the line of duty from from the, uh, physical altercations. And believe me, we all know that, that there have been plenty of suspects that died during altercations as well. And now, and and of course, then then who gets painted as the you know the the brutal cop? You know, here's the thing: everything that that has that has befallen the American law enforcement officer. Um, since Rodney King was one, there was one common denominator, and that is failure to comply. You remember years ago when our program on the murder of Deputy Dinkheller first came out? Every cop watching Kyle's murderer, Andrew Brannon, go back to his truck 
to ultimately come out with a rifle was screaming at the TV, screaming at Kyle Dinkeller to shoot the son of a bitch. I almost felt the same visceral reaction watching Officer Chauvin knee to Floyd's neck as bystanders urged Floyd to get up and get into the car, which he very obviously couldn't. I'm thinking, get off the man's neck for God's sake. What do you want? I can breathe. Please, the my dick. I can breathe, sir. Bro, get up, get in the car, man. I will. Get up, get in the car. I can't move. I've been waiting the whole time. Get up, get in the car. Mama. Get up and get Mama. in the car right. I can't. Line of Duty Technical Advisor, retired Sergeant Mark DeBona, said there was a huge opportunity to de-escalate, which never happened. First thing I would have done, if I walked up and saw what I saw, I saw the officer standing over him, I saw the other officer kneeling on him, the first thing I would have said is, sit him, because he's yelling, I can't breathe, sit him up. That's the first thing I would have said. I would have said, then I would have got my radio, if it hasn't already been done, is call for EMS, and then I would sit him up, so he's sitting on his butt, he's leaning against the car, he's getting air, we're not going to uncuff him, absolutely not, because he committed a crime, he's under arrest, we're not going to uncuff him. But we're going to make it as, as, as comfortable as we can make it for him. And then, I, and, I, and I've been in situations where there's, the crowds have gathered when we've made an arrest, and they start yelling at us, throwing things at us. I used to say all the time, get this person out of here, get him out of here. Throw, I, almost, I almost said throw him in the back seat. That's not what I want to say. Put him in the back seat. Put him in the paddy wagon the cruise, uh, the, and, and get him out of there. Go down to the end of the street if you have to readjust the handcuffs or you have to sit him back up or you have to wait for the EMS to come down there or something like that. Those are stuff that we can do. That officer, correct me if I'm wrong, had 19 years experience. And uh, from a, he, he, from a, he was a square away guy. Um, maybe his emotions got the best of him. I don't know, but if I was a sergeant on the scene, that that guy would have been in the back of an ambulance or back of a police car. Let's get him out. Let's get him out of here. The inactions of Officer Chauvin's fellow officers that day will also become an integral part of academy training. Just my humble opinion. Of the other three officers there that day, two were rookies with four days on the job. One was black. Why didn't one of them step forward? and try to get Officer Chauvin to back off, tap out, de-escalate. Was it the fact they were rookies and may have felt intimidated by their training officer, a 19-year veteran who had seemingly gone over the edge? You'll find this response from Dr. Andrew Dennis, head trauma surgeon at Chicago's largest trauma hospital, very interesting. By the way, Dr. Dennis is also a full-time cop. I would love to say in an ideal world, absolutely, they should have, um, they should have 100% advocated for, for stopping it and de-escalating, you know, sure. But I wasn't there. I didn't see the circumstance. I won't defend them for not doing it, but I can, I've seen it time and time again as to why it is not done. And that's also a training issue because you know, you're your brother's keeper and we all got to keep each other out of trouble when we're not, when one of us is making bad decisions. I mean, when you look at crew resource management, which is, which was devised by the FFA, FAA, that's why planes crash because co-pilots and subordinates were afraid to tell the captain we're out of gas. 
you know, crew resource management was developed exactly for that purpose to defeat hierarchical fears of, uh, of, of, of speaking up. The, the problem, you know, and in the hospital, it's no different. You know, we, we very much in the operating room, if a med student says, hey, the drape, the, the light from the laparoscope is about to start fire, you know, you got to listen to the med student. So there's a time and a place, but they're scared to death of me. I'm the attending, you know. So I absolutely think there is a rank issue and a, a subordinate uh, risk issue. And it's not new. It's, it exists in the military. It exists in commercial airlines. And it is something that has been well recognized and well thought out of how to defeat. And I actually wrote an article about this like years ago, and I never actually published it because but this exact topic of how to apply crew resource management policies and procedures and uh, guidance to law enforcement. And this is really critical, especially with SWAT teams, because those critical decisions come up all the time. I hope you'll be looking for our upcoming program, Classroom Training, George Floyd, The Response That Might Have Been. It's coming your way exclusively from In the Line of Duty. Meantime, there is fantastic help available for hurting officers, especially in these troubled times. Go to Randy Sutton's wonderful site. It's exclusively for cops, thewoundedblue.org. Help is indeed at your fingertips. Please consider using it. For all your online video training needs, go to Line of Duty. Com. Thanks for listening. I'm Ron Barber, and that's stuff you never, ever learned at the Academy.